First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. Good morning. A new report by the Inspecting Judge for Correctional Services, Judge Edwin Cameron, says that many of our prisons are simply unfit to provide accommodation for people serving their sentences. He paints the pictures of buildings with huge problems and suggests that the Public Works Department is unable or unwilling to fix them. Well, the Inspecting Judge for Correctional Services, Judge Edwin Cameron, is on your radio with you now. Judge, good morning and thank you for your time, sir. Good to be with you, Stephen, and good morning to all the SAFM listeners. You've gone to look at these prisons. What did you find? Stephen, uh, quite shocking facts. I'm, I'm deliberately understated in the report. We uh, produced the report some while ago, and then we sent the worst of the reports to Parliament about six, seven weeks ago. Uh, and now we're speaking to the media about it. And we found uh, asbestos roofing. We found cracks, we found floods, we found mildew, we found malfunctioning sewer systems, we found non-functioning plumbing, no hot water, kitchens drenched in water, leaks coming through. It's, it's, it's a, a catalogue of agony. And our point, Stephen, is that this is an injustice to the people we uh, incarcerate, but it's also an injustice to those we require to guard them, the, the DCS personnel. And in your intro, you've underscored the injustice that this is not a Department of Correctional Services sin. It's a DPWI, the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure sin. Has this happened over time or even the newer buildings, the newer prisons in a bad state? The newer prisons are also in a bad state, Stephen. After we visited Stanger, which uh, is one of the, the, the bad cases that we set out with, such bad asbestos roofing that the rain comes in, and so bad that they removed all the prisoners' beds so that the prisoners couldn't stack the beds and escape through the broken roof. That's how bad it is. We then sure. moved on the next day and the day after to Durban Westville, uh, medium B, and the next day to Peter Maritzburg, medium A. And in both, we found conditions of shocking overcrowding. And of course, uh, overcrowding is, is a different problem, which again, the Department of Correctional Services is not responsible for. We are, because we created the minimum legislation, minimum sentencing legislation, the life sentence legislation that we require them to implement in overcrowded prisons. But overcrowding, of course, has a tremendous impact on sewer systems, on plumbing systems, on electrical systems, on on windows, uh, and on, on, on all facilities. So all the problems are rolled up in one and we were calling out an alarm on all of them. When you ask people, um, the staff, uh, I presume you spoke to some of the prisoners as well, um, what happened Indeed. to the buildings? What do they say? I mean, how do they explain why these buildings are in such a bad state? What do they tell you? Uh, Stephen, we, 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 we do speak to the staff and we do speak to the prisoners, to the inmates. And of course, uh, I, I can only anecdotalize further because I don't actually know the structural history uh, but let me tell you that, that uh, some of the prisons are very old. In, in Freyheit, uh, two or three weeks ago, we saw a prison that dates back to before the Anglo-Boer War, uh, with part of it. Of course, uh, things have been renovated and built on since then. But Freyheit in particular has got a, a completely deficient perimeter wall. Uh, but, but let me get back to your question, Stephen, which is that we don't know the structural history of the prisons. Both uh, uh, Durban-Westville and Peter Maritzburg are relatively recent de democratic era constructions, and both of them are grossly deficient. Uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in Westville, for example, 
they, they, it's built against a rise as people who pass it on the freeway going uh, northeast uh, to, to, to Peter Maritzburg will know. Uh, and against that rise, there are, are cracks and leaks. So we, we saw the administrative staff sitting in, in, a, in a large uh, hallway, I could call it, uh, where, where they, they regularly got flooded. We saw mildew on the walls. We saw the cracks in the walls. And uh, in, in Peter Marisburg, medium B, we saw uh, medium A, we saw a kitchen which was regularly flooded. Uh, in, in, uh, let, let me tell you just two stories, if, if, if I can give them to your listeners, Stephen. Uh, in, in, in Westville, we found one cell in, uh, which was constructed for around about 29, maybe 31 people, which had 83 sentence prisoners. These are not uh, inmates that we can say, well, maybe they'll get bailed tomorrow, or maybe they'll be acquitted tomorrow, or sent to another prison when they're convicted. These are already convicted people who are jam-packed uh, into a cell that is one-third the size for them. And uh, in, P in Peter Marisburg, medium A, we found uh, truly filthy conditions uh, on, on many scores. Uh, one of the light points, there's a light point in every prison, Peter Marisburg, Medium A, we, all of these visits were unannounced, uh, as is our job. It's not a, a something we, we like to do. We explain with courtesy to the personnel that this is our job. We don't. And the pers personnel, Stephen, always welcome it. In Peter Marisburg, uh, Medium A, when we arrived, there were classes in session, a whole big hall, uh, uh, quietly, uh, often being taught by inmates themselves. Uh, so that was the life point for us. And that, those are the things that you cling to when you leave. Hmm. Does the Ministry of Public Works and Infrastructure, it's their department, right? So they must receive reports. I presume Correctional Services tells them these are the problems in this building. Is there any sign that the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure responds to that? Yes, there is, Stephen. You, you know, we, 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 we're picking out the terrible instances and they are widespread, they are pervasive. But the, the DPWI does function. It's tardy. It's re often apparently resistant. I don't know. We did struggle with the previous uh, incumbent of the National Commissioner's Office, someone that you are well acquainted with, Mr. Arthur Fraser, and his successor, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Tubakali. We, we, we tried to get some form going where there would be greater uh, institutional coherence and responsiveness. We haven't succeeded in that. And part of the problem and you put it, uh, your finger on it uh, in your introduction, is there's a succession of ministers. Uh, who is the current minister of public works? I think it's, it's, it's uh, 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 Ms. Patricia DeVille, but I might be making a nationwide gaffe because I've got the wrong minister. Who is the director general? We've had a succession of acting, of fired, of sideways moved, of, of sacked, of, of disciplined directors general. That is a problem in throughout all government departments. And there was an article, I think, on the conversation, which was re-published uh, 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 in various publications, citing this total mayhem and chaos at the executive level in almost all our government departments. But you see its effect most poignantly and most tragically at the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. Um, one of the reasons that this may happen is because people do not care about prisoners and voters do not care about prisoners. And I'm afraid, as, as you will know, Judge, this is not a South African issue. This is a universal. Why, as a society, should we care? It's a good question, Stephen. And, and may, may I start answering your question by saying I, I've, got, I, I've got only humility when I'm confronted with a family 
who suffered a home invasion, who suffered the, the loss of a loved one, uh, who suffered the grievous violation of a loved one, or, the, or themselves. So I'm not smarty-farty with people who feel angry, people who want vengeance, people who want justice, people who want retribution. Those are natural human emotions, and they should be taken account of in, in an ordered, decent system of justice. But we have embarked on a terribly wrong path. At the same time as Bill Clinton in the mid-90s in, in, in the United States federal law, at the same time as Tony Blair, uh, the Labour leader in England and, 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 his, and, and Wales and, and his uh, 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 Home Secretary, embarked on harsh sentences, sentence inflation, crime inflation, add on, on crimes, make minimum sentences, make it more difficult. We, we took all those lessons in 1998 uh, in, 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 in Parliament and we magnified, we had massive sentence inflation through minimum sentences. We increased in 2004 the time that a person sentenced to life must spend in prison before uh, he or she can become eligible for, for parole. It used to be 12 years and 8 months. We doubled it to 25 years. The result is that we used to have 400 persons serving life sentences in 1995. We now have over 18,000, and we require correctional officials to guard them under very difficult circumstances. So let, let me make uh, the, the point that you're asking about, Stephen, because I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to you for, for raising it. We're on a wrong road. We're on a wrong turn. Some of your listeners who've seen that horrific series of movies called Wrong Turn 1 to 5 will know how horrible it is when you do make a wrong turn. We'd, we've done that with our penal policy. The right turn is crime intelligence. The right turn is CID. The right turn is follow-up. There was detective work. Our police services have lost hundreds of detectives. The right turn is an efficient functioning justice system that meets out tempered sentences, harsh sentences for some, for some who should never be released. There are people who deserve to be in, in, uh, locked up away for the rest of their lives, but not this uh, 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 indiscriminate harsh sentencing. Can I give you one, one fact to, to, to shock uh, SAFM listeners this morning? Eleven years ago, our follow-up rate, our prosecution rate on murders was 31%. We've more than halved that, 14%, 86% of murders, and they're now 70 a day in our country, one of the highest murder rates in the world. Only 14% of them are prosecuted. So I ask your listeners, Stephen, what is the sense of picking on a tiny minority of offenders and sentencing them to very long terms and very harsh conditions when we're not dealing adequately at all with the rest of crime. We should be following up every rape, every murder, and finding a suitable sentences for them all, but not the crazy wrong turn we're in right now. Judge Edwin Cameron, thank you very much indeed. The Inspecting Judge for Correctional Services.